and they were going to go up in a P-47 Thunderbolt. Well, flying double in a P-47 Thunderbolt is quite a tight squeeze. It is a one-seater plane. The only way two people could fit into a one-seater plane is first of all to remove the parachute. You're listening to the Stories Behind the Stars podcast. My name is Tatiana Fallon, and I'm your host. This podcast is run by the organization Stories Behind the Stars. This has nothing to do with Hollywood. We are telling the stories behind the stars that were given in World War II. For those of you who are not familiar, during World War II, when a service member was killed, the family received a banner with a gold star on it. We are telling the stories behind these stars. Our goal is to put them all 400,000 into a common database, which then we will build a smartphone app that will be searchable from any location where you can read the story behind the star and you can really come to know the individual that died on D-Day and fought for our freedoms or the individual who was doing their job on the home front and died in a plane crash. This podcast is dedicated to telling those stories as we find them, as our researchers are doing this amazing research. You'll hear from researchers who are all volunteers from all across the country, and you'll hear their story, what brought them to the project, and then also the stories that they're finding. This is amazing content, and I really hope you enjoy this adventure. In today's episode, we have the opportunity to hear from Lee Snyder. She's one of our volunteers here at Stories Behind the Stars, whose personal project is to highlight the women who were killed in World War II. She's doing amazing research and has some great content. So excited to hear about it today. Today I come to you with a story with a bit of a twist. I've been writing stories about women who died during World War II for the Stories Behind the Stars project. Within the Stories Behind the Stars project are often many projects, and right now volunteers are working to tell the stories of people who are buried at Arlington National Cemetery. I was contacted to see if I could help solve a mystery. At Arlington, there are two people who are buried in the same plot with a shared tombstone, and that stone is for First Lieutenant Harold F. Wirtz and Harriet Elizabeth Gowan. Unrelated. Who is this Harriet, and why is she buried at Arlington? Well, that leads me to an interesting story. Let me tell you about Harriet Gowan. She was red-haired and full of fun, according to her family. When she was born, she was the youngest of three girls. Her sisters, Jane and Katie, were 12 and 9, and probably really enjoyed having a real live baby doll come into their family. Her dad died when she was just a girl, and it was just her mom left to raise the three sisters. And as they were growing up in Minneapolis, um, Harriet went on to high school at West High School, and she was really involved. And the reason this is important is because where it leads Harriet. Harriet did everything. In fact, in her school yearbook, she was compared to Gracie Allen. It seems her fellow schoolmates often called her Gracie. Gracie Allen was a popular and vibrant radio and film personality of the day. So Harriet 
was also vibrant and very involved. She served as the one of the editors of the yearbook. She was in the physics club, the talent club, the commercial club, the thespian club, the biology club. She was in plays and worked on homecomings. She was in fe featured in a newspaper photo of the school parade, riding on a float. Her varied activities and experiences would go on to later be something she could draw from as she entertained the troops while working with the Red Cross. After college, Harriet headed to the University of Minnesota, where she was a member of the Kappa Kappa Gamma sorority. She was still full of lively interests. She attend, um, worked as an office assistant at the university newspaper. She enjoyed many of the things that women of her age at that time enjoyed. She was a bridesmaid in her friend's wedding. She danced the night away at the winter dance at the St. Paul Athletic Club. She took a Christmas week trip to California from Minnesota and went via New Orleans. She joined her sorority sisters on a football game trip to Northwestern University, and she spent time at her sister Katie's home. After her college experience, she was working for different corporations in Minneapolis. Um, just before she left to go to live in New York a little while, she was a stenographer for a vacuum company, making a whole $17.50 a week. She ended up having an adventure and going to New York with her cousin, where she, and that was where she decided to join the Red Cross to help with the war effort. With all of the fun and recreational things she had in her background, she was the perfect person to go overseas and lift the morale of the troops. She began working with the, the Red Cross in 1944, and by May of 45, she was serving as a Red Cross staff assistant. She was working to organize recreational activities for the troops in New Guinea. She held games and dinners and all kinds of entertainments to keep their morale up. You might not know this, but at the peak of the Red Cross activity in 1945, when Harriet was serving, nearly every family in America contained a member who had been served by the Red Cross. They had made donations and contributions of blood or money. They had worked as a Red Cross volunteer or they were a recipient of a Red Cross service. Overseas, those in the Red Cross, like Harriet, worked as field directors providing troop support. They operated clubs and were attached to military hospitals and ships and trains. In New Guinea, those clubs, like Harriet worked with, were in grass huts. The United States government had requested recreational services for the men serving far from home. In between those battles, they need some recreation and time to regroup. At its peak, there were 2,000 Red Cross clubs overseas staffed by 5,000 Red Cross workers like Harriet. On her last day, May 12th of 1945, Harriet was given the opportunity to take a plane ride just for fun. In fact, May 11th is her birthday, so maybe it was a birthday present. In fact, she had dreamed of becoming a pilot after the war and had written home about that. 
Harriet took a Southwest Pacific flight with a 21-year-old pilot named uh, Harold F. Wirtz. Harold, described by his brother as shy and bashful, was a famed aviator in his own right. He had won the Air Medal for Bravery in Combat and had been pinned with it by Charles Lindbergh. He had flown 105 missions and was training fighter, fighter pilots. So while he might be listed as shy by his brother, he was in fact very brave. Harriet and Harold were very close friends. They were dating other people, but they were buddies. In fact, each had written home about the other. So on that day, Harriet accepted a flight with Harold and they were going to go up in a P-47 Thunderbolt. Well, flying double in a P-47 Thunderbolt is quite a tight squeeze. It is a one-seater plane. The only way two people could fit into a one-seater plane is first of all to remove the parachute. When they left the airport that day, they took off out of Nadzam, flying with Harriet either sitting piggybacked behind Harold or sitting in his lap. It was the only way two people were going up in that one-seater fighter jet. Either way, taking someone else along in a one-seater fighter plane was forbidden. But you know what? Harold had done it before. According to a fellow pilot, Wayne Macy, about 10 days earlier, Harold's logbook showed that he'd taken up a B-24 pilot flying piggyback for an hour in his P-47. On this day, May 12th, the day after Harriet's birthday, the last person to see them was the flight tower operator. The plane took off and did not return from its flight. A search was undertaken to find Harriet and Harold and the aircraft. The search lasted for four days. In a later interview, Harold's commander said that Harriet might have been in a plane with Harold that had just finished a mission and might not have been refueled. According to villagers in the area, they were familiar with the crash site, but no one could get to it. It was in the midst of the swamp and the jungle. After a few days, a cablegram was sent from Manila to the War Department in Washington, notifying them that they were missing ever since the plane took off. Harriet was 28. Fast forward to decades later, and in 1996, with the swamp now dry, local hunters discovered the wreck. Then a father and son duo who liked to search for missing aircraft Brian and Christopher Moon tracked down the war crash and found it. After that, a U.S. Army team from the Central Identification Laboratory in Hawaii recovered both Harriet's and Harold's remains. Turns out, the wreck was only about five miles from where Harold had taken off. So today, Harriet is remembered on the Stillwater, Minnesota World War II Memorial memorial, which reads, our heroes will live as long as they remembered. After their remains were discovered, Harriet's remains 
were returned to Stillwater, Minnesota for a burial at St. Michael's Cemetery. She was laid to rest near her parents and her container was covered with a Red Cross flag. She is one of 82 Red Cross personnel lost in World War II. On August 6, 1999, First Lieutenant Harold Wirtz remains were buried at Arlington National Cemetery. In a second grave, next to Lieutenant Wirtz in Arlington, fragments of remains that could not be assigned to either Wirtz or Harriet were buried. Therefore, both of their names are on the grave marker in Arlington in Section 60, Site 7828. Harriet provided valuable service to the soldiers of World War II, and it's an honor to remember her today. Thank you for listening to the Stories Behind the Stars podcast. Do us a huge favor and find us on whatever podcast platform you listen to and follow us so you'll be the first to be know when we have a new episode out. Thank you. Also, we're in the midst of our Arlington project. We really need volunteers. So if you're on the fence, you don't know about whether you are ready to volunteer or not, check us out at storiesbehindthestars.org. It's a simple process to sign up. There's free training courses. We'll walk you through the entire process. It doesn't cost you anything to join, and you'll have a really rewarding experience looking up similar stories to the one you just heard. Thank you.